Hi, John. Oh, hi, Dan. What's happening to you? Oh, just amazing things. Like what? Like what? Oh, just, you know, the day is amazing and, and, uh, you know, this coffee is amazing. The internet is amazing. There's just so much, just waves and waves of amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't, uh, what's happening with you? Uh, no, I mean, the text messages I got from you were a little uh, different from... Oh, how? What did they seem like? Not um, intelligible, like you were maybe stroking out. Oh, do you, do you smell toast like I smell toast? Um, can I read the, one of them? Sure. Uh, I'm a disaster, R, A-R-E. It's going R. It, it's going to be hilarious B. It's going to be hilarious B. Mm-hmm. That's seems just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it seems perfect. What does that mean? Oh, well, I went to bed at seven thirty in the morning. Okay. That's not and a long time ago for you. It's, it's 11 no, it's there, not. right? It's 11 now. Uh, but I didn't go right to sleep. At a seven thirty, because oh. you know there were other last minute like details to wrap up. So yeah. anyway, so I'm feeling a little punch drunk, right? Um, well, I mean, for I've the been, record, I did offer to to postpone, but you wanted to do it anyway. Well, you know, as part of the punch drunkenness, yeah, uh, it just seems like I'm, you know, I'm starting earlier this morning. I started making bad decisions, and maybe just keep this on is, rolling. Yeah, this that. is one of of them, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just keep on keeping on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been getting really good sleep. You know, I've been trying to really like just get get like a nice – and I've been succeeding, just getting really good sleep. But last night, I think, uh, you know, I went out to dinner and I I um, I got into the – I got into – we went to like a hipster restaurant in the right. city. Sure. And, um, you know, and the waitress was – Sort of as soon as she appeared on the scene, it was evident that, you know, she was my kind of gal and I was her kind of guy. And so we had a we had a good sort of waitress customer interaction throughout the course of the night. And then mm-hmm. the bartender got involved and she was also kind of an interesting person. And so in all of the like heat of the moment, yeah. and all the craziness that's happening when waitress and bartender are just throwing lightning bolts at you back and forth i was like you know what screw it finger guns in the air i said i'll have a cup of coffee all right you know 6 30 at night and yeah. i want to seem i want to seem to these two gals like i'm a swinging guy right sure because they're you know they're you know there's that energy that little bit of like oh okay you know you're a dad obviously but <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah like that's not such a bad thing. And, sure. And uh, we're working in this restaurant, and you know, obviously, like we're we're kind of playing fast and loose. That's just how this restaurant is. But also, well, let's spend a little extra time, just you know, shooting skeet over here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's me. That's exactly me. That's how I've always been in this town. That's how all my great relationships have started. Just sitting at a sitting at a bar." And, uh, and the, the server wants to linger. Mm-hmm. So I was like, get me a cup of coffee, will you? Right. And they were like, woo, look at this fucking cowboy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I'm sure that's exactly 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, in Seattle, you might as well have just ordered like three shots of tequila in a dirty glass. Right. So, and it's not like she came and refilled it a bunch of times. I just had one cup just of coffee. Just one. Sure. But uh, that's what I'm, that's what I'm blaming. Uh-huh. Um, for staying up till seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's not. At, the problem was at seven. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to take a bath. At seven and in so, the morning. So I got into the bathtub, and then at about seven thirty, I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, you have a show to do with Dan. Right. Exactly. It's coming up. The sun is in the sky. The crows are dancing on the roof, and you're like in the bathtub. What are you even doing? I was like working a crossword puzzle or something. Like you're trying to impress those gals getting wasted on coffee. Mm. <laughs> six o'clock at night. Yeah. So I kind of got up and made it into bed and tried to think, you know, dreamy thoughts. And so we've been talking recently about the fact that the, they would be different shows if we recorded at like 5 p.m. Yes, yes. I was just thinking about that while you were yeah, but, saying this. But this is going to be a great example of – because the thing is, Dan, lately I've been feeling a lot of positivity. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and so, you know, so I'm punch drunk, but I'm also generally feeling very positive right now. And uh, and even though the world really doesn't want me to, everything, every time I go onto the internet – internet is just trying to drag me down trying to drag us all down constantly all it does now is drag us down yeah that's it true. doesn't perform any other function than well ebay ebay is there so that ebay is fairly neutral for me neutral slash positive yes uh because i use ebay like other people use television i don't really watch <laughs> episodic television right what are you doing on I just on go eBay on there. eBay and I search for things like um, vintage pink seersucker suit. Right. And I'm never going to find one that fits me. They, there aren't very many of them. It's just a thing that they, they – I don't even think they wore them in the north. It's just a thing that they wore like in South Carolina. Mm. Like, a, like pink seersucker is such a specific regional – Southernism, and I really think it's like Carolinas. Maybe, maybe a couple of guys at the University of Alabama had pink seersucker suits, okay. but it's not. You're not going to find that on Cape Cod. Too flashy, you know. It's oh too yeah, well, no, that's way too flashy for Cape Cod. Too flashy for the North, but the South, you know, like the South turns it up a notch. So I'm not going to find one, but it doesn't keep me every, you know, night. Let's say from looking for one. And I don't know why I set this as my weird grail. Yeah. Like, but I've got it. I mean, what? Yeah. Who am I kidding? I got dozens of these grails. Right. Um, so it's just like TV. I'm scrolling through there and I'm scrolling through all the people that are like, they put the keywords pink seersucker suit, but it's really some suit from, you know, Armani Exchange that uh, has like a, has like pink thread on the buttons or something. Oh, like, right. Nope. 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 But otherwise, everything's trying to drag us down, except I'm not, I'm still feeling positive in spite of it all. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. It's because it's yeah. so easy to get down about things. Well, and I know, you know, and Dan, you are like so resolutely in favor of 
being positive. You think? Like, well, yeah, whether or not you are actually feeling positive or whether or not you are actually positive. Right. You're always encouraging me toward positivity. Yes, that is. Well, that is true. So I raise a, you know, I raise like a, like a, like a big glass of olive oil to you for, (laughs) yeah, for this, uh, the relentlessness. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Mm. well, good. Excuse Uh, me, I'm having a little bit of coffee. See if that works. But my hair, the dog, as they say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But my question for you is, is this John that I'm having right now? Yeah. Is this more like the John that I would get at 5 p.m. or or a whole different John than that? Oh, no, this is completely different. This is the kind of, you know, like I'm, I'm slurring, you know, this yeah. is, this, this is like almost, I wouldn't say that I'm, I wouldn't say that it's like I'm actually drunk or had a, had a, like, I'm not, I don't feel drunk because I don't think it's been a long time since I was drunk. So I don't even remember what it feels like to be, well, that's not true. I remember what it feels like. But the thing about being alcohol drunk yeah, was for me, it was, um, it was not like, I think for other people it acts, uh, uh as a disinhibitor and people like that because they feel inhibited and, and they want to be less inhibited. And it didn't really do that to me because I wasn't very inhibited, just generally. Like when my 20s, my teens and 20s, like I didn't have a lot of inhibition. I had some. I was I was a kind of a never nude. A, ne- weird, a what? Weirdly. Do you know what a never nude is? I mean, it means you don't ever have your clothes off, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, well, even when whole- you're in the shower, you got pant- pants on or something. Well, I didn't do that. I see I like baths, but. Although I would have a little bit of meatball sauce on me. Keep your boxers on. No, 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 no. But there are never nudes. I have a, I have a, a, a friend who claims she's a never nude and I don't. Is that what it is? Any reason to doubt it? Yes. She just doesn't in her own home with her husband in their 30 year marriage. She never just walks around without her clothes on. Like I don't even I'm not 100 percent sure whether she walks around with her with just her underwear on in front of God and everybody. Okay, you know, so but just, there but she's nude. Are you saying so? Let's say she gets <clears throat> out of the shower under her clothes. Yeah, she gets out of the shower. And yeah. She's got what a towel wrapped around, right? Right. Are you saying she does one of the things that like dudes do in the gym, where you keep the towel on you and you sort of slide the underwear on underneath the towel? And then well, you so, can remove the towel. I have never asked her all of that. See, that's this square one. How are you? Ha- this is part well, one of the like, conversation. She, first of all, she's she is a she's a, a very good friend. Also, she's married to a good friend. And as much as I like to sit and give them the business, I'm not going to sit and say. So, do you put your underwear on? Why under not? The towel? Especially if the guy's there, I think it's fine. Uh, well, I got so many other things to tease them about. Starting with the fact that they raise their cats to be invalids. What does but, that mean? Well, they just give the cats no responsibility. Yeah, the cats are just—they just—they just don't give them anything to do. So the cats are like, 
useless. They don't, their little cat brains are atrophied because they're, they're just living in this house. They're not like, they're not given enough. Yeah. Responsibility. Cat, a cat needs to like do some work around here. But I was a little bit like that. Never nude. I mean, I was a little bit, I wasn't going to get, I wasn't so uninhibited that I was like, uh, just walking around naked. But, um, but otherwise I didn't use alcohol for that. What I, what I used it for was, um, it really helped me feel good about bad plans. You know, I like to, come up, I like to come up with a plan and a lot of times my plans are, uh, are pretty bonkers and I have a, I have some voices that say like, meh. It's probably not the best plan. I still, this is still a problem I have every, every day. Yeah. I'm like, I've got a plan. And then something happens. It's like, that's probably not the best plan. But when I would drink, that voice was quieted down. Right. I think by the plan making voice, which was like, no, no, it's a great plan. No, screw you. You don't get a say. And then the then the plan would be put into action. It would turn out later. It was just, it was a pretty bad plan. Right. So that was what I used that for. Now, right now, I don't feel I feel a little bit in the aftermath of a bad plan. Okay. But I don't. But I don't feel like I have. I don't feel drunk like I'm in the mood to make some bad plans. Mm. I feel I feel drunk kind of in the in the way of like I'm tr- I'm going to be trending back toward bed shortly sure but you're on, you're be, on the way to that yeah but i'm enjoy i'm enjoying being in this interregnum now what happens to you after you actually go to bed um do you like do you fall asleep right away then do you sleep for another eight ten hours do you make when do you wake up are you now have you shifted your schedule like if you'd gone to visit you know tokyo or something are you living on the other side of time now I hope not because it's only one time. I've been like pretty, pretty solidly getting seven hours of sleep every night. That's great. For weeks, ever since we started talking about it, I got blackout curtains in my room. I'm, you know, trying to practice a little bit of the go to sleep at 1 a.m. It's usually 2 a.m., but I, but I get there eventually. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting, you know, Solid seven. I was getting eight. I was feeling really good. That part of me was sorted. So I think this is just an anomaly. I just went, I flew a little bit too close to the sun. I got flirty with these, um, with these attractive, uh, young people who were serving up some food to me Mm -hmm. and, uh, and feeling a little racy Mm -hmm. and I, I got a little hand solo on it and I was like, Wow. Because the thing, oh, here's the other thing. And part, this may be part of the positivity. Everybody all around me. So I live in a world almost 100% entirely made up of women, right? I got only women in my family. All right, the men you're, are dead. You're, all dead. Your mom, sister. Yeah. yeah. Baby girl. Yeah. Baby girl's mother. Baby girl's mom. And then. Then people, know, that, people that you date. Yeah. And then if I'm dating somebody, that's another girl. They're all around. And, oh, and also all of my daughter's friends, well, not all of them are girls. She's got like 
you know, a handful of really nice little boyfriends and we play, but typically when we play with them, their mother is the one that chaperones them. Mm-hmm. So I'm, if I'm like with my daughter at a play date or at a park or at choir or at dance, I'm usually sitting in a group of other moms mm-hmm. and either with daughters or the, or, you know, with this, the smaller subset group of sons. So unless I make a concentrated effort to go to like dim summit or to, uh, you know, like meet men in the world. Generally all my male friendships are conducted via podcasting now. Um, and you know, and then every once in a while I bump into somebody on the street and I'm like, Hey, what's up? Or somebody invites me to a baseball game and I say, Oh yeah, no, Ken Jennings comes over to the house. So I see one male face right in a week. Uh, but so, so, also, the the uh, women folk in my family are always reading books about things, and then applying those the thing the lessons they learn in the books to the way that they live. And there is a strong suggestion always in the air that the the latest book, which is governing uh, how decisions are being made, should also somewhat be considered by me as a potential guide. And so I'm always getting books. I got a book the other day. I got a book yesterday. Just a, you know, and they're not like, you you must read this book. It's just, it's always very gentle. It's like, I'm reading this book and I just finished it. I think you might like it. And then a little synopsis of the book. And the, sort of the book arrives. So there's always some, there's always something. Everyone in my family and my daughter, I include in this, just loves theories of human behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, Marla will tell you all about who you are and what your problem is. She's only seven. So lately, oh, my mom's been on one trip and Marla's mom's been on another trip. And my sister's on a super duper other trip. You know, my sister now is leading. Um, she's leading. Uh, what are they called? Like, um, mindfulness retreats yeah sure oh i told you this well i don't know if you told me but i mean i I know all about mindfulness retreats oh yeah well she's leading them she just took a group of like nine women down to costa rica to live in a house for 10 days and be mindful the whole time fantastic well yeah i guess i mean sounds kind of fantastic uh oh there's a jet flying over yeah, we get uh, anyway, jets now instead of the the dock sounds. From I hear that you've uh, moved on from your old space. Oh, I got rid of my old office. Yeah, but it was it was time. I mean, you know, I, we did a lot of shows from there. I talked to you many times from down yeah, there. Definitely, no, no more screaming seagulls, no more ringing bells. But uh, <laughs> but that was you know that was four or five years of of um, of good experiment. Get out of the house, go down, have a have an office. The thing is, you know, that's a that's an enormous building, five story building, um, just giant warehouse full of artists in every media, um, floor to ceiling, just teeming with artists. And you know what? Ninety seven percent of them were women. It was a complete like, uh, like 
woman art hive mm. and I was there, um, the third floor mascot, one of the guys, I mean, right. there were, there were guys, but like I was, the, I was the one that was there at night. You know, I was the one that kind of was wander, always wandering around looking for a Phillips head screwdriver. <laughs> right. Oh, so anyway, but Dan, here's the thing. So somebody finally like, oh, oh, what it was, was all the, uh, all the women in my family, minus my kid, uh, had all decided that something in their diet needed to change. Mm-hmm. Somebody was doing something called the dirty 30 or something. And whole 30, else, whole 30. We just talked about the whole 30 last episode. Yeah, but I keep forgetting all about right. it. And then somebody else was only eating nuts and somebody else couldn't eat nuts. And this was happening and cabbage was getting boiled and all this stuff going on around me. And I was trying to persist in my kind of like eat two pork loins and then a cake oh, right, kind of right. yes. life. And one day I woke up, I was like, I got to get on the, I got to get on the train here a little bit because you know, my clothes aren't fitting very well and so oh, forth. So I, anyway, yeah. I downloaded an app. Right. Someone suggested, I don't know, you know, it was somebody, I think, that listens to our program, some person who sent me a DM, maybe on Facebook or Instagram or something, and they were like, I've got the secret for you. Right. And they were, you know, they had the the perfect combination of like just a little too enthusiastic, but also very explicitly saying over and over, I am not trying to sell you on this. I don't give a care. I'm just trying to help because this worked for me. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. It's going to tell me, this person's going to tell me to, you know, do ear candling or, right. you know, or neti potting or something, something that is fake, but the hippies do. And I didn't, I didn't read the whole thing very carefully, but what they boiled down to was they got an app and they counted their calories. I was like, get an app and count your calories. I mm-hmm. mean, what that seems like. I'm I'm opposed to that, but we don't we can talk about that later. Okay. Okay. Well, I want to hear about it. But uh, get an app, count your calories. So I was like, all right, I'll get an app and count my calories. So I got an app. The app is super annoying. Mm-hmm. Constantly nagging you to upgrade to their professional level, which is just like, oh my God, you why not just not build it rather than build it? as a nag factory, mm-hmm. you know, why, if you were, if you're a young capitalist and you're trying to build an app and you're trying to figure out how to monetize it, why turn it in? Why give it, why give the thing the worst personality possible? Mm-hmm. Like if you had a friend that you interacted <laughs> with three times a day and every time you talked to that friend, that friend just started like nagging you in a super friendly, over familiar treacly way. Like, Hey, Hey, want to upgrade you know, wanna, hey, hey, it's just like you just made the worst friend. You just, you know, like, do you guys have any sense of, like, you're, you're trying to put an app into people's hands. You're trying to make it a, a, like a component of their life. And I have to ignore 90% of what this app tells me because it's, because it all feels like it's scamming me. It feels like a scam, but it's not. The functionality of it at the center of it is just like, Type in the food that you just ate, and the general amount will assign a calorie. Yes, I, I probably know the exact app you're talking about. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, like you're either in the green or in the red. Right. 
And it doesn't say anything about like, is this good food that you're eating? In fact, when you type something in, like I typed in chicken or something and, and it threw up like 40 different options and it was like Chick-fil-A chicken, Mm -hmm. uh, Kentucky fried chicken, uh, Boston market frozen chicken. Uh, and it just ran down this list of like all garbage, like total junk food. And you had to get, you had to scroll, scroll, scroll to find like chicken breast home cooked or whatever. Like it was not for sure. Not the first thing that popped up. It's like, no, I just made some chicken. It's not that hard. It's like, are you sure it wasn't Swanson's chicken dinner? Mm-hmm. Uh, but so <laughs> I don't give a, I don't give a good care about it, about, um, about any of the, I mean, I'm also trying to like generally eat unprocessed nutritional things. It's a uphill battle, but what it has done, just the simple act of monkeying with this fucking eel Mm. in the form of this app is that I've just been eating less. Well, that's good. Um, I mean, just eating less in that at the end of the day, when I look at my little app and the app says, you know, well, you're 300 calories under your, your limit. And I set my limit pretty hard. My limit was like, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And at first I was like, Oh, do it in a gentle way. And the app said, well, you can eat, 2,200 calories of food a day and still lose 20 pounds by August. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, let's ratchet this game up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if we're going to play, let's play. You know, you don't go to the, you don't take a basketball down to the, to the corner and say like, whoa, go easy on me, fellas. So I've, I've like cranked it up, whatever it's, parameter knob was and it was like all right well if you really want to go there you want to eat 1900 calories a day because you know i'm big and i can eat a lot of food i'm sure before i was eating 3500 calories a day that's i mean that's a lot though well yeah but i mean seeing how much seeing what the caloric content of these things is you know, I would eat what I'm eating now, which is typically, I think, about 1,600 calories a day. For the last eight days, nine days, I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of days, like I went to some restaurant and I got a, I got a, they had turkey dinner on the menu. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, am I not a man? Oh, it was on Mother's Day. Yeah. I took my mom out and she, and they had prime rib and she loves a prime rib. She doesn't do it that often. So she got prime rib and I said, am I not a man? I'm going to get, I'm going to get a turkey dinner. It's one of my favorite things. And out this thing came and it was a full on turkey dinner. Like the whole, the whole thing. Oh, the stuffing and everything. Gravy on it. And I was like, I, you know, I'm not going to lie to my little app about this. I'm not going to try and pretend that this was some banquet. Because you're only lying to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The app doesn't have an opinion really. (laughs) It doesn't. I went in and I found whatever they called homemade turkey dinner. And then I get, and then I put in number, uh, uh, number of portions two. I gave, I, I put in two full turkey dinners cause that's basically what this was. 
And so they were like, well, that's 2,500 calories right there. And I said, yeah, I think that's probably right. But I would have then normally, I would have also had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a bowl of ice cream and a, you know, and like a handful of gorp every time I walk through the kitchen. Like right. I could get 3,500 calories, no problem. But so, so anyway, I'm, so I'm eating just less, you know, just less, 16, 1700 calories averaging a day. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like I'm depriving myself because I already don't eat breakfast. Right. But you should. I should. Well, I mean, unless you're doing intermittent fasting, but it doesn't sound like you're doing that. Well, I don't know if, if by intermittent you mean every morning. <laughs> well, I mean, technically skipping, skipping, if you want to get into the intermittent fasting thing, skipping breakfast is a good way to do it. But the goal is that you consolidate all of your eating to usually they recommend within, uh, it depends on, on who's plan you're following or, or whose advice you're following, but they usually say to condense all of your eating to within, if you're doing intermittent fasting to within like an eight hour time period. Oh, well that's no problem. I do that. I do that because I don't eat lunch either, Dan. At some point though, you just are just sort of starving yourself. And then, uh, and then what that does is that actually tells your body to preserve as much of of what you're eating as as it can in the form of fat because mm-hmm. it thinks that you're in a starvation state where you need to preserve everything so you you sound exactly like one of the books that the the women folk are always I've, I've probably lap. read a lot of these <laughs> books and also I have a comment um about but basically if you were skipping it's it's not that you want to skip breakfast per se. It it's that you want to confine your eating times, regardless of how many meals you might split that up into, to within a, a limited period of time. Because what you want to do is you're you're basically trying to trick your body and the way that it metabolizes food. But before we talk about that, I would like to comment on uh, calories and counting calories and my thoughts on counting calories. Yeah, well, don't comment on it to the extent that you dislodge me from this thing that I'm doing. No, I won't dislodge. I, okay. My intent right. is for you to achieve peak health. So well, anything, peak. anything that gets you to peak health, I'm in favor of. And so this is, this is going to be supportive of what you're doing. But I'll tell you why. There, there's an argument, of course, that people have said, mm. well, calories are the way that you measure you know, laws of things like laws of thermodynamics. And if you're putting calories in and you want to lose weight, you need to go into a caloric deficit. And, uh, and, and I'm not arguing with any of that, but what I'm saying is all calories are not created equal. Right. So for example, if I said, uh, here is a thousand calories worth of broccoli and next to it, here's a thousand calories worth of Coca-Cola. A thousand calories worth of broccoli would fill the back of a pickup. It, It would be a lot of broccoli. No, thanks. But a thousand calories of soda would be a different thing. And so if, if I were to say to you a thousand calories worth of broccoli versus a thousand calories worth of soda, do, do you think this would have the same effect on your body? And you would say, of course not. And that's one of the tricky parts about counting calories is it doesn't take into consideration. Generally, the apps maybe do a little bit better of a job at this, but just counting calories doesn't really mean anything because you could have a a 500 calories of broccoli, for example, and be in great health. You could eat broccoli uh, all day long. No, I don't want to. No, no one does, but you could. 
And you sound it, like you're about to sell me a blender. No, and it would it would not have the same kind of effect on you that even 200 calories of soda might have, or mm. you might, you know what I'm saying? So simply the notion of just going in and counting calories, uh, there's, there's much, uh, there's much more to it than that. And also, um, just taking in, uh, less calories than you burn. That's, that's also not always true because again, oh. it depends on the kind of calories that you're consuming and, and what they do, in your body and how you digest them and what gets turned into insulin versus fructose and what effect insulin has on your brain chemistry and what gets stored in your liver, what gets turned into fat and all of this stuff that, that you're dealing with, which really all comes down to inflammation or chronic inflammation, which is what leads to weight gain. So it's much more complicated than just, I only had 2000 calories today. I bet I lost a pound. I mean, it, it, you, you know, yes, if you're, if you're eating less and moving more, You'll lose weight, but there are ways to do it that are more effective than others, and there are ways to do it that are healthier than others and faster than than others. But uh, the fact that you're oh, counting calories, I think, is good because what it tells me is that you're starting to pay more attention and have more accountability to what you're eating, and I think that's very positive. So the last thing I would do would be to derail you on your path to peak fitness. Yeah, peak peak fitness. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing I did. Oh, I was on the. I was on the internet. I don't know what happened. What happened? Oh, did I tell you about about uh, cooking a roast beef and then cutting it with a knife? Did I tell you about that? Mm, no. No. A roast I beef, like, a ro- the whole roast beef, the whole thing? Yeah, so I like, I like a roast beef sandwich. Well, how else would you cut it? Oh, well, that's the thing. So I like a roast beef sandwich, but, you know, I like them like you get in New York, which is, like, rare. They cook it really rare, mm-hmm. and then they slice it really thin. Oh, on one of those special slicing machines. Yeah, they yeah. Pay, they slice it like paper thin, and mm-hmm. then they pile it up on a on a roll. Oh yeah. Um, and um, uh, but it's very hard to get in Seattle for some reason. I have no idea why. It's just it's the it's the age old question. Like if you can make a mission style burrito in the mission. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck can't you make a mission style burrito everywhere? Because <laughs> right. it's only got six ingredients. Right. It's not like bagels, which are only good because the water in certain places that you can make them. You should be able to get that kind of sandwich anywhere. I don't even believe that bagel uh, horse patootie. I'm I open they, to hear what, what it might be. Well, I mean, you know, who? I mean, there. so my good friend Jason Finn, your good friend Jason Finn is working at a bagel shop now. He is like, yeah, that's yeah. he's, he's, uh, he's hit rock bottom then. I guess. Rockstar Jason Finn is serving coffee at a bagel place that claims to be making the best bagel that you can get on the West coast. And, you know, I think in Los Angeles, there are places that are going to say like, we're actually also making bagels here, mm-hmm. but, uh, but apparently no, it's very hard. And there, oh, and there was already a place that was making Montreal style bagels. And of course, then there's all the argument about that and whether it's boiled in the tears of an angel or I don't even care. <laughs> Do you think but, there are people who don't know who Jason Finn is or apparently was? Well, that's their problem. Okay. I mean, no. In fact, if you if you if you can go through life and not know who Jason Finn is, like <laughs> you're probably better off. <laughs> uh, he does listen. Oh, who knows? No, he who, does. Who, he does listen. Uh, who knows his? Uh, if he, you know. 
he calls me on the phone and yells at me about things that I say. So I yeah, mean, this is a little bit of, it's a little bit of male contact I have when Jason Finn yells at me about stuff, about not understanding the intricate plot points of master and commander. Uh, but, but so I don't understand why you can't make a mission burrito, but what I really don't understand is what the hey about a roast beef sandwich. Here you got a beef, you roast it, not too much, cool it off, you slice it really thin, you put it on a nice roll that's been made in the last day, put a bunch of shredded lettuce on there, and in my case, some mayonnaise, even though I know that, uh, that half the people in the world can't stand mayonnaise. But I like it there. I love mayonnaise. Little Swiss cheese, couple of sliced tomatoes, maybe a you know like I, maybe I don't even. I'll leave the onions off, and uh, and there it is. You're done. That's it. That's all it takes. And in New York City, you can get one of those at any gas station at any, <laughs> on every corner. If you walk into a shop that sells flowers, if you walk into a shop that sells dishware, if you walk into a shop that sells antique Judaica, they're going to be able to make you <laughs> yes. A roast beef sandwich. Now, in the Judaica shop, they're not going to put cheese on it, but otherwise, or 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 well, mayonnaise. I don't know. Is mayonnaise kosher? Yeah. What do you got in there? You got egg and oil, right? There's yeah. nothing bad about it. So you can get a sandwich everywhere. Well, out here in Seattle, the only place you can get a roast beef sandwich that's even like that's anything. I mean, you see here, our style is put like four slices of roast beef between two slices of of wheat bread. And although that's a fine sandwich, I'm not, that's the kind of sandwich that you should have in your lunch pail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the kind of sandwich that your mom makes and you take to school and then you trade for somebody else's ham sandwich that their mom put on white bread because your mom is a hippie and, and they have a mom that like is just throwing stuff together. Thinks the white bread is fancy or something. Right, sure. That's not a sandwich that you go and you get at a, you get at a, at like the, the gas station in New York, and those sandwiches in New York are seven dollars. Out here, you pay like sixteen bucks. Yeah, and the restaurant is called New York Deli style, and it's like this. And then you get this, you get this shit. You get like nothing. You get garbage sandwich. Anyway, so I was just got so tired of it because roast beef sandwich from New York. I haven't been to New York very much this year i normally i go all the time for whatever reason i just haven't i haven't done it this year i haven't had a reason to go things are changing and so I, I bought a roast beef i bought a roast and i brought it home and i rolled it in salt and pepper and put it in a bag overnight and i did all these things and then i roasted it i did a pretty good job mm-hmm but then I was trying to slice it really thin and I didn't have any tools. I just had some Japanese knife that I bought 10 years ago that I never sharpened. And so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to like shave this, this paper thin slice with my knife. Mm. And, you know, I felt like primitive man. Yeah. It's just like, like hacking, well. hacking away at a roast beast of some kind. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. might as well have like made this I might as well have made this knife out of schist. <laughs> you know? Like I'm just like 
and my hands were tired because I was trying to hold the roast beef with the, like one of those two pronged forks. Yeah. I I can see, I can see this whole thing. I can see it perfectly. I was doing, I was waiting for Henry the eighth to throw a pewter goblet of wine. Sure. Cause I was taking too long. I was like, something's got to change if I'm going to be like Mr. Buy a roast beef. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's find out about this. So I went online <laughs> and online said, oh, you want a meat slicer, eh? Well, here's the best one. And everybody sort of pointed to this thing and all agreed like, if you're a prosumer, mm-hmm. here's your prosumer meat slicer. And I was like, that's me. I'm like, I'm. I love a prosumer crossover product. I don't want to get the food service one. I'll get the like the one that looks like a food service one, but is actually not as good. But everybody says it's just as good. And then it turned out, lo and behold, because this was happening right before Mother's Day, Mother's Day, the store, the Williams Sonoma store, which is usually like stupid expensive, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm go in there and get a $40 spatula or whatever. Right. They were selling this prosumer meat slicer more cheaply than anywhere, more cheaply than amazon.com prime, more cheaply than you could get at any place. It was like 90 bucks free shipping. And so on a whim, and this is, you know, I'm like, I'm thinking about this as I'm walking around. So I'm doing this on my phone. Like, like, oh, what about a meat slicer? And I'm sort of standing at a bus stop or whatever looking and I'm just, I say, you know, buy it with one click. Like, this is the kind of bad decision that I had better not think about for very long. And I bought it and I forgot about it. And then all of a sudden a box shows up at my door. I'm like, oh, what is this? Did somebody like send me a cat or something? Like what, what could fit in a box this size? It'd be a bad way to send a cat, by the way, if you're thinking about sending me a cat. Don't just put well, you've it got in. you've got that one cat right living in your barn now. No, 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 no. That it turned out that that uh, that that relationship was too that was too unstable. It was too 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 much borderline personality disorder in my life at that time. Did you have him, or did he never come to live? No, my I so I went and had some interactions with him, and he was just an unstable personality. Oh, and that would be fine with me because I'm. I'm totally like used to dealing with borderline personality disorder. It's a thing that's just, it's part of my landscape. It always has been. But my daughter is an innocent. I do not want to throw her down into the foxhole of my uh, mental health battles where I, for whatever reason, am constantly as a bipolar person getting into ill-advised relationships with other mentally ill people. Right. My daughter is just a, is just a fresh person who is just making good on her own course and, and prepared to make her own life mistakes. And I have to be conscious of the fact that she's already dealing with a bipolar person in the picture of her father. Right. Her father's nutty girlfriends just need to be like, not, I mean, just do not need to be living in the barn. You know what I mean? No, yeah, like, for sure. Her dad's nutty girlfriends can, like, we can all go to lunch and, and they can, like, have play dates and stuff, but no, no, no living in the barn. And that includes Crazy Cat because Crazy Cat's going to come to the house. The barn isn't that far away. 
it's across the well, yeah he'll come to he'll come to visit and everything uh hey john we got to thank our sponsor yeah it's Mac Weldon. It is Mac Weldon. Oh, Mac Weldon! I just my Mac Weldon order just arrived. As a matter of fact, did it? Are you just uh, got pleased with the order? As per usual, yeah, yes. Yeah. I I got um I got a little I got a little bag. You know, I like to have a surplus of underwear because, as we've just if we've talked about in the past, I've I encountered a situation where all my good underwear was stolen. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and so then you get into that, like, uh, that underwear deficit feeling, that mm. panic that you get where it's like, I don't have <laughs> enough underwear. How much, I mean, what do you feel like is enough? Do you need seven pairs, one for every day of the week? Do you want 14 pairs so that you can prolong doing a load of laundry? What's your, what's your system? I think I trend to 14 pairs rather yeah, than seven. Yeah. Yeah. And partly it's that sometimes I pa- I have to pack a bag for a week and I don't want to have every pair of underwear that I own in the bag. Yeah, because when you get I back, w- you don't want to first thing start doing laundry. No, you got to have home underwear and road underwear. Right. So I like to keep, you know. <laughs> That's the alternate I, name for this show is road underwear. Road underwear. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like to keep a couple of weeks in reserve. And um, and so, you know, periodically I'll get some, uh, get some more underwear from Mac Weldon, build, build up my stocks. Uh, they have a new color, which is bright yellow. Oh, I, fancy! I didn't, I didn't have a pair of those. And then they have these great new socks that kind of almost look like uh, a kimono. Maybe they're like floral, mm. monochromatic floral. Because a lot of the Mac Weldon aesthetic is pretty um, like there's there like a lot of technical fabrics. You get the feeling that there are plenty of guys wearing. Mac Weldon stuff who have more or less monochromatic wardrobes mm-hmm. and they want, so they want a subtle stripe. They want, you know, they want subtlety, but I, I do not prefer subtlety in, in accessories. Um, and so, but Mac Weldon does provide options for me in like, like orange underwear and red socks that have hibiscus flowers on them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not like a comedy company. You know, those ones that are like wacky sock.com. Right. Uh, there's nothing funny about it. It's all like elegant. It's just that, you know, I don't want, I, I don't wear gunmetal socks. You know, I'm not looking, to, I'm not looking to be professional. I want to, um, I like, I like patterns and colors that not clash, but create, uh, amalgams. Okay. Like color goulashes. Oh, so anyway, so whenever Mac Weldon gets some, you know, they like get a new design or they get a new color. Like I'm always excited to add that to my, um, to my palette my selection. So I got a couple of pairs of socks. I got three or four pairs of underwear. It showed up in a, in, you know, it's a, it's in a little pouch, smaller, small enough that it goes right in my mailbox. It's not like a box. They just send it in a little, basically like an envelope. Yeah. It's like a, you know, a thick plastic type envelope. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is great. Like uh, when it comes, I'm always surprised because everything comes in a box. Now, Amazon has turned us into this box land you order like three pencils and it comes in a box a huge a box of, right yeah 
And, uh, and this is just like really efficient little, little, little sort of dispatch that arrives in the, in the mailbox. So, and Oh, weirdly, I never do this. I'm somebody that when I get a new item of clothing, no matter what I wash it first, because I have no idea who's handled this thing from its point of manufacture to could be thousands of people, thousands, any number of things could have happened to this garment on its way, uh, being shipped and handled. And so it immediately goes in the wash, but somehow when the Mac Weldon stuff arrived and I cannot, I cannot stress how, how this never happens. I have, I cannot think of a time that I've ever done this, but I just took it out of the package and I looked at it and I smelled it and I was like, this is just going right in the drawer. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to wash it. I'm just going to wear it. That's bold. There was something about it that just, I just trusted that it was. It seemed fresh in some way. It seemed wholesome. Yeah, It just seemed, it just seemed fine. I wasn't, there was there. It didn't have the. Uh, it didn't have that feeling of like. This has passed through many hands. Mm. Maybe it was it just one a, one person made it. You know. You know, it just felt like it was made and put immediately into its little protective uh, sheath, mm-hmm. and then sent on. It could like very was, well be. I mean, I I don't know. The, the the underwear was like in its own little linen bag. And I guess I felt I took it out and I was like, I'm not going to insult you underpant by, <laughs> by feeling like you need to be washed. I'm going to, I'm going to trust what you're telling me. Right. So anyway, it all went right in the drawer and I still can't believe it. And whenever I walk past a mirror in my house, I look at, I catch a glimpse of myself and I'm like, did you really just do that? Well, if, uh, if the listeners want to get, they're on Mac Weldon stuff. And this is, like you mentioned, they do underwear. They do socks. Yeah. They do undershirts, they do, hoodies. They do clothes too. Yeah, like sweatpants and stuff. Well, now they've started doing nice polo style shirts. I got a couple of those and they're great because, you know, it's summertime and you want shorts, you want lightweight shirts. They've, they've got you covered for that. No kidding. Not just the winter weather, the, the like hoodies and the sweatpants and stuff. They do the, the other uh, side of the, of the year as well the lightweight stuff and it's great. And they're really the kind of quality that you'd want kind of quality you'd expect. Uh, not a lot of, uh, messing around. Oh, there's a million different things to choose from. No, it's just, just the good stuff. And they even have this silver underwear that you like. That's naturally antimicrobial, which means it eliminates odor. So if you want to go and check this out for yourself, go to Mac Weldon, M A C K W E L D O N Mac Weldon.com. You'll get 20% off using the promo code roadwork. So thanks to Mac Weldon for making us happy. Yeah. And he, you're saying he was crazy enough that you might, you might've been concerned that he could attack or something like that. This cat was a lunatic. Okay. This cat absolutely would attack. And she is like, (laughs) you know, she's brave and also has a, you know, has a big heart and she's going to be like kitty, right? She's eight. Kitty. And this cat's gonna this cat is as big as she was, first of all. And it's a monster. This cat is a killing machine. So I said, This is this is an example of a bad decision. I'm not gonna get this ratter 
I'm going to find another way to deal with these rats. And I'm also going to move all these girls out of this barn too, because it's getting crazy around here. So now yeah. it's just, now there's just, it's the barn is back to just Vespas and Vespas and raccoons. Uh-huh. Um, but the meat slicer showed up. And so I went immediately to the super fancy, um, the super fancy store, uh, grocery store, which we called the, what is it called? The Piggly Wiggly. No. <laughs> Yeah, I took my green stamps down. <laughs> uh, no, it's called like the People's Cooperative. Oh yeah, one of those personal market or sure. something where where it's like, you know, you go over into the eggs, and they're like, every one of these eggs has a name. Like this egg is Maurice, <laughs> and it, and someone talked to it its whole life, and just like, and it's the worst because people are milling around in there, and none of them have any concept of like courtesy to anyone else because they're rich liberals which are in some ways like the worst people in the world and the thing is i don't have to deal with like i don't have to deal with uh conservative people up here really Mm -hmm. The, the most conservative people you meet in seattle are conservative rich liberals they just have like you can tell them because their tibetan prayer flags are not tattered oh right that's right uh but (laughs) And so I don't know what it's like to be like the liberal person in my town and wandering around a grocery store where everybody is like poor and conservative or rich and conservative, worse. All I know is in this town, which is that you go to the grocery store and the richer they are, in some ways, the more liberal they are because they have the luxury of of believing – they can they can believe the most radical thing, uh, because their cleaning lady comes twice a week, and they never make the connection. Or you know they do they make the connection like, but in the worst possible way. Like they make the connection in the sense that they speak their college Spanish to oh their cleaning lady right, and they think that they're fighting for justice. But then on the internet or in their supermarket or whatever. They won't, you know, they're, they're fighting for like, uh, whatever, like a socialist revolution. It's like, wow, really? Are you guys, you're not even seeing like you have a $2 million house and, and you have no, you don't even know any people of color, but on the internet, you're really loud about how the world ought to be. Anyway, it's very strange to live in that environment and to go into this store and to be looking for a roast beef and to be walking around while people are like somebody's somebody is leaving with a literally a pickup truck full of broccolini. All of that. Each little strand has its own like baby bonnet on. Nobody knows how to get out of your way when you're walking through a store. You're just walking along and somebody just blindly will left turn right in front of you and Mm. stop. No. Look at their little list of anti-GMO products that they're, you know, where they're trying to have a lot, so much contempt here. Oh, it's just so infuriating because, because there's another way, you know, there's just like a, it's just like, just find like a peaceful balance in your life where you're not, your decisions aren't also fucking fraught. 
like, I don't, you know, I don't want my egg to be polluted with antibiotics, but I also don't want it to have a name. Can we just like, just figure out a way to, we should eat less meat, but also I want to eat meat and I don't want anybody yelling at me about it or even in their own minds yelling. I don't want to hear their, I don't want to hear the yelling that's going on inside of their minds. Right. Their, their inner dialogue that is privately rejecting whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. You can hear the screaming coming out of their ears anyway. So I go over and I'm at the butcher counter and some helpful young person is like, asks me a question and I'm like, you know, I don't even know what I'm looking for. I think it's a roast beef that I want. And they kind of did that thing where they're a professional person in the meat cutting business and they were a little bit surprised and disappointed that I didn't know exactly what I wanted. <laughs> oh, right, right. They didn't take it as an opportunity to like, hey, let me exp- let me show you my world. <laughs> it was much more just like, huh, well, when you figure out what you want, let me know. And that person wa- wandered off. And then another person uh, came along. And this person was a middle-aged person, not a young person. And this person was... Uh, from Vietnam uh, and uh, someone who has immigrated from Vietnam at some point in their life. And so this person asked me the same question, what am I looking for? And I was like, a roast beef? And they said, oh, well, let me show you. And then they explained roast beefs and uh, found a very nice roast beef for me, which I bought. And it cost basically the cost of one 1974 Dodge Dart. (laughs) It was slightly smaller than a Dodge Dart. (laughs) Right. And I took it home and I roasted it. And my mom showed up and gave me some bad directions. Because, you know, my mom's like, she's been through it all. She knows she's been there. She's done them all. You know, my mom learned to cook on a stove where they actually like fed logs into it, like in the house. The the house that my mom was a child in did not have indoor plumbing of any kind. They got water from the yard. They went to the bathroom in the little outhouse. This is what, in the like mid, late 40s? No, the 30s. 30s. She's more 34. Okay. And it was out on farm. So her, they cooked on wood stove. They kept a they kept a pot of lard up there, and <laughs> and my grandfather had a certain cast iron pan that no one else was allowed to touch. Oh my gosh! And you know, so anyway, so she's giving me roast beef lessons. Man, uh, jock, jock and Romling is going crazy right now. He's trying to take notes. <laughs> and um, and is that, so, I say, is that how I say his name? I'm going to say Yokin. Yokin. <laughs> yeah. He's going going nuts right now. But uh, uh, the thing is that she's been through all the different iterations of stoves. She's been through coal stoves and gas stoves and, and uh, every kind of stove. But she's thrown out some – she's thrown out some schooling at me. And I'm like, all right, all right, I got this. Just I just – I'm cooking this. And she was like, no, 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 you got to do it like this. Anyway, she gave me some bad advice and it, and I overcooked it. It was not rare. Nothing worse than that. Literally. There's the, one of the worst things. 
I was so mad. Yeah. Because I was like, you just spent a fortune on it. I did. I spent a bunch of money on this. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Cut of meat. I was so looking forward to this, this crazy, uh, rare roast beef. How much was it overcooked? Like it was, was it gray through or what? So I was like, I want this thing to be 125 degrees inside or something. Right. Maybe not 125, maybe. That sounds, what, 130, 140? 225? I don't know. Uh, some, some, I forget what the temperature was supposed to be, but something something like that, low. And I was like, it's got to come out. And she was like, no, 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 no. You want it to stay in there longer. And I said, I don't think I do. And she was like, leave it in there. Mm. And then I pulled it out and it was 260 degrees. No, 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 no. That's not, not that's no, because no. you want it to be about 140 inside of there. Yeah. It's the outside that wherever it might've come in contact with the, the universe, that's the only part that needs to be cooked set technically. If it's, right. if it's a healthy beef, then the inside, like a like a good steak, you want to cook the outside of the steak where it was cut and 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 came in contact with things. But the inside, you want that rare. Yeah, and uh, and and that's like 140, 145 tops. That's what I wanted. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I mean, people and, go do your own research. I don't. I don't need emails or letters. Thank you. Um. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and I'm just, and my mom is like, "Oops!" And then just like slowly backs out of the room and backs out through the front door uh-huh. and backs into her car and drives away. And I'm sitting there staring at this, like this beef that's steaming on the counter. And I'm like, Grr. but anyway, I put it in the refrigerator. I let it cool down. And then I threw it onto my brand new meat slicer, which puts the sumer in prosumer. Cause I've used, <laughs> uh, I've used a real meat slicer. Like one, because I used to work in restaurants. Yeah. I was a, I was a short order cook. All right. You were the guy back there. If someone would order a pastrami, you'd go slice it. Yeah. And I, I know what those things are. And this is one of those, if you replaced all the metal parts with plastic that looks like metal. And so I'm like, ugh. all these dummies online who are like, this is the greatest. I mean, I guess what that speaks to is how bad everything else is. Um, and admittedly, I paid ninety dollars for it. I don't, I don't know what your food service meat slicer costs, but it's not ninety bucks. No. that's and a lot, a, though. To not and then to have it not be well, it's the thing is, it works fine. It's just like the the real ones are like a battleship. You know, it's like it's like putting the USS Missouri on your on your kitchen counter. <laughs> and so anyway, and I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not running a New York deli. I'm not slicing like 40 beefs a day. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to make a beef and then I'm going to slice it. So I sit and I do it with the slicer. And even though it's too done, it's still a little, you know, there's a little pink in the middle. <laughs> it's not what it was supposed to be, but I sliced it. And then I was making roast beef sandwiches in my, in my own home. And there are no preservatives in this. Right. It's just salt and pepper. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I like a roast beef sandwich. And so, oh, here's the real problem, though. In Seattle, it's super hard to just get 
some fresh uh, submarine sandwich style bread. And I'm sure you know this, but like if you buy a French bread, yeah, like a long thin French bread and you stick it in the, your, you stick it in your little cloth sack and you get on your bicycle and you adjust your beret <laughs> and you ride along the, along the dike back to your windmill. Yeah. Um, the premise of, of people in Europe that eat bread like that is that every day they go get a bread and eat it. They eat it. They eat a lot of bread, but they eat it every day. They go get a fresh loaf and they eat it. And by the end of the day, they've either eaten it or they throw the, they throw the rest of it to the dog or to the pig or, I mean, I don't know. I don't understand how people live. But I can't eat a whole French bread in a day. I don't have a dog or a pig. I can and see. I, I could. could eat the, but, I mean, but, I don't eat. I almost never eat any bread of any kind, but I could eat a whole whole one. Easy. Easy. Right. And and I think there are a lot of people that eat, that love the bread. Olive oil That's with their, the salt and pepper in it, or even just, even just butter. I've never, <sighs> Whatever I've never you want. cared about. Cheese. Cared about. Breeze. Put some brie on there. Oh. I mean, it's all wonderful. It's wonderful. But like, if Come you on. put all the bread in the world on one side of the scale and one single plate of spaghetti on the other side of the scale, I would always choose the spaghetti. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I just, I like insane. I think what it is is that some people like salty, crusty and some people like squishy mushy. Right. The smart people and the weird people. Yeah. And I, so I don't like salty chips. I have so many friends that are like, oh, salty chips are the, are the death. So you're so strange. So you don't, you don't like potatoes. You don't like chips. You don't like bread. Not really. All the good things. I don't like them. I don't need them. I don't like chips, but I don't need bread. I what like would it. an ideal day of your just eating? If you could pick three meals, you didn't have to pay for them or even prepare them. Someone just bring them out to you. Not extravagant, just right. Reasonable meals, but you've got to eat three meals. What are the three meals you're going to have? Uh, let's see. For breakfast, I would have kind of like a savory omelet. Yeah. With like like ham and, and that kind of stuff in it. Peppers. Yeah, like I like a uh, I like a, a like a Joe's special. Like spinach, onions, All right. mushrooms and hamburger scrambled oh, in yeah. eggs. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but like, I don't like a sweet breakfast. I don't want, you wouldn't have toast with that. Yeah. 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 Like wheat toast with butter, no jam or anything. I mean, if you got raspberry jam, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe I'll put raspberry jam on one piece of toast, but right. have the Not other both. toast just be plain. That's an, yeah. And like 17 cups of coffee, but I don't, <laughs> you know, like I don't want a pancake or anything. I mean, I'll eat them. I'll, I like a waffle, but I, it's not, it's ever going to just order a big, like stack of pancakes and just eat that. Oh, sure. But, you know, I just I get, you know, it's just the, the, the dough just gets sort of, it starts weighing me down. Sure. It just starts feeling like I'm just sure. eating. No, it's good. I mean, I, it's commendable. Dough. And then for lunch, I would say a French dip sandwich. Mm-hmm. French dip is sort of the, the sort of a peak lunch uh, with a side salad with blue cheese dressing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe an Arnold Palmer. Nice. My my and son then, told me that, uh, by the way, that he would like to spend most of the summer drinking Arnold Palmer's 
and sitting on the back patio. Oh, I support this. He's growing up to be a fine young man. Yeah. Oh, although if I can during the day at lunchtime get a chocolate milkshake ah. along along with my a roast beef sandwich, um, then you know I'm all over that. And then for dinner, hmm, for dinner, I think I would like, well, whatever it is, it's got spaghetti or noodles. So it could be like a chicken marsala mm-hmm. with noodles, or it could be a uh, Italian sausage with pesto tossed in spaghetti, mm-hmm. or it could be like a steak with some uh, wide egg noodles in butter. Something and then noodles. Noodles, noodles, noodles. If yeah. it doesn't have noodles, it doesn't feel like dinner. That's, my, that, <laughs> That's that, your mantra? Well, you know, when I start my own uh, like food company, like a, instead of Betty Crocker, it's just a picture of me with a chef's hat yeah. uh, and, a, and holding a spatula. And, yeah. my, and my slogan's going to be, if it doesn't have noodles, it doesn't feel like dinner. John's noodles. <laughs> Because I can't find the I can't find the good noodles. You know, when I was a kid, they had egg noodles that were fat. Yeah, sure. And long. Yeah. And now you can get little fat noodles, or you can get long skinny noodles, but you can't get long fat noodles. Mm-hmm. And I'm not somebody that's going to sit and make his own noodles. No, no, no. What's your favorite meal of the day? Like regardless of what the meal is entails, which is your favorite meal to eat of the day? Well, I only eat breakfast on Sunday. Yeah, where there's where it feels like breakfast is a thing. Yeah, and on Sunday when I do eat breakfast, it's at noon. Um, the idea of waking up in the morning and eating a meal, eh, I just don't. It just doesn't appeal to me. I will have a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the morning if I'm if I feel. Like I'd better have some food because of what's about to happen. Do you use the, the goober grape for that? Come on. I'm just curious. Have you ever tried goober grape? Come on. Have you tried it? Come on. Get out of here. Have you tried it? I'm not going to eat a goober grape. You know what it I is, walk, right? I walk past it in the grocery store and I go, <laughs> this is, this is put here precisely <laughs> in order to torture moms who have seven year old boys. Yeah. My son because, wants to try it so bad. Yeah, I told him it's not good. It's not good. And he's like, no, it looks, it's, it's everything. It's all in the same jar. It's not even the type of thing that a little girl would ask for. No. Like a, a seven-year-old girl would not want it. No. It's for seven-year-old boys only. Yeah. And it's to drive their mothers crazy. The only stuff they ever sell is mothers that are so like, oh, God, okay, fine. Yeah. And they get goober grape. That's the, that's the only time they sell that garbage. No, I wouldn't get Google. All right. I'm just asking. And then lunch, the only time I really eat lunch is if I have a lunch appointment, which is kind of the number one kind of appointment I have. When people want like to you, talk you to you and me Jason about, want to powwow. Right. Or somebody's like, Hey, I've got a I've got I want to run something by you. Sure. And I'm like, All right. And they say, Well, these are the people that know better than to say, let's hop on a call. They're like, well, what if I, what if I buy you lunch? And I'm like, sounds good. So I meet them somewhere. They buy me lunch and they run something by me. Mm-hmm. That's generally the only lunch I eat. I don't sit around the house and think like, oh, it's lunchtime. 
in the course of a week, you know, I'll eat lunch a couple of times because there are a lot of people that want to run stuff by me. So dinner, my meals, my two meals a day are dinner and then second dinner. And dinner happens about six or seven, which is like, for instance, last night when I was flirting with the waitresses and drinking a coffee, that was the first food that I'd had in the day. I hadn't even had a, I hadn't even had a handful of nuts, you know, six, six o'clock. And I, and I was eating the first sustenance. But then my desire is then at 11 o'clock or midnight having a second dinner, which is the problematic dinner because even though according to the, the uh, fasting principle mm-hmm. where I'm eating everything yeah, within yeah, an eight-hour window. Yeah, you're still doing it, yeah. Problem is I eat a, eat a meal at midnight and then if I go to bed at two in the morning, I don't feel like that two hours is quite enough time between the last meal and going to sleep. Right. It feels like I should have done some exercise or something in between these last meals. Particularly when I, when I round up the last dinner with a bowl of ice cream. So, so my way of eating is dinner and then second dinner. And if I could just skew those, if I could skew second dinner, if I could flip second dinner into kind of late lunch, you know, if I could have a one o'clock meal and a seven o'clock meal, I feel like that's a way better strategy than a seven o'clock meal and a, and an 11 o'clock meal. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do with my little calorie counter mm-hmm. is more than, you know, cause I'm always trying to eat better. I'm always trying to have more broccolini and less DiGiorno's pizza. Right. Yes. Um, and you know, every once in a while I'll get a DiGiorno's. I'm not going to lie. You can get them for five bucks. Yeah. It's affordable. And they, and they taste, they really do taste great. There's so much sugar in those things. They make that tomato sauce and they've got a dump. It's got to be half sugar, but I don't care because I like a sugary pizza and I don't care if it tastes like fresh tomatoes. I don't want it to taste like fresh tomatoes because I'm not, because this isn't the 19th century and my name is in Giuseppe. <laughs> I want it to taste like a processed sugar blob with delicious processed cheese and some weird sausage or some weird pepperoni made out of God knows what. I don't even want to know. Cost $5. What can it be made of? Like what, what could it be made of? It's got to be pure garbage. Yeah. But it takes like 11 minutes to cook and it's so delicious. So anyway, I budget a DiGiorno's in my life. Maybe two a month. That's not bad. I let myself have these little things. And, you know, considering they cost $5 and they fulfill all of the, um, they fulfill like every line item of a pizza that you would order from a delivery place that will cost $30 all in. You know, if you order a large pepperoni from a delivery place that's not a crap one, after you pay the tip and order a root beer, you're at 28 bucks. Yes. That's expensive. Yeah. And I, and I know, I know I'm sitting here giving free advertisement to this garbage DiGiorno's pizza, but I don't know what to tell you. I'm doing it. I get it twice, twice a month, but, but I'm not proud of it. Like 
every once in a while, I'll have some extra vegetables and I'll throw it on top of my DiGiorno's pizza and feel really virtuous. Right. You've turned the whole thing around. Yeah. Flipped. I flipped the script. Right. But I haven't really just thrown a couple of stray vegetables on top of this sugar blob. Anyway, I've got this. So my mom has this bakery across town. It's all the way across town. And talk about hippies. Like they name their loaves. Like here, let let us hand you this loaf from our heart to yours. Just like, give me the loaf. Like, no, let's have them. Like, let us both touch the loaf at the same time so we can communicate our positivity. No No one has said that. Give me the loaf. This loaf is called Heart Song. No, it's not, no. Not called Heart Song. Stop it. No. Maybe it's not that bad. No. They all, you know, they, they, this is the original Top Knot crowd. The, the like hippie bakers, they were in Top Knots a long time before millenniums. And I can't justify driving across town to get a, like a loaf of bread. But my mom has found it somehow she's she has decided that it's worth it because she does love bread she's she's salty chip and bread person and mm-hmm. so is my sister mm-hmm. which is why we were always at odds in my childhood home because I, I don't know salty chip and bread it's not what i want they're like but salty chip and bread but anyway so i have started going over to this thing just because my mom's turning it into a family tradition and you buy these loaves and they're not even sliced. Like, like they aren't the next, next best thing to slice bread. Cause they're the, they're like, it's a, well then you get giant, to, you get to slice it. I'm not defending this, but you get to slice it how you want it. Then it's a giant fat. step backwards. It's a step backwards in time. Slicing bread was an innovation, but it's true. I do get to make fat slices. Right. And I think that it goes stale slower. If it, uh, but that's to counteract the fact that it doesn't have any preservatives in it too. Good point. Good point. Because if you slice, if you take a, an, a regular loaf of bread, not the preservative wonder bread kind, but if you take one like that and you slice it all up, it'll get stale in an hour. Right. Or is this where you just break off what you need and close it back up? You're fine. Well, so now I'm slicing my own bread out of this thing and every single slice of bread, cause I do slice them thick. Every one of them feels like I'm drinking a pint glass of Hefeweizen. <laughs> Yeast, yeasty. They're just like, whoa, what am I? I mean, you couldn't put enough roast beef in between these giant slices of bread to make a, like a proportionate sandwich would be bigger than my head. Um, but I'm trying. I'm working it out. I've, I'm, I've got it figured out. I went back to the fancy grocery store and I bought, um, I bought some pork loins. So now I'm going to put those in the meat slicer. And turn it into, turn them into some kind of, I don't know. I'm thinking the word that's in my head is medallion. Mm. I'm going to take these pork loins and I'm going to make them into medallions. Yeah. And, um, and I, I'm sure that my little, um, my little like calorie counting eel is not going to know what to do when I say pork medallion. Like it's going to say, you mean Boston market pork medallions? I'm going to say, no, just like, I'm just making these. Like I want to put in the, um, the weight and then that's it. It's got nothing else. There's no sauce. There's no, 
There's no, it's just got salt and pepper. That's the life I aspire to. Right. Salt and pepper and then start to ease off on the salt. All right, because your high blood pressure situation. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether maybe my high blood pressure is caused by lack of positivity. Well, no, I think you're super positive now. One of the things I've heard is that is that one way to address that is to cut back on salt. But, of course, you, you need the right kind of salt. You want like Himalayan salt, things like that. But you can also increase your potassium intake. Mm-hmm. And that also... Um, I do like bananas. Bananas, yeah. That can also help offset the, the salt, apparently. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, you know, research it. But your yeah. potassium... Your yeah, potassium. potassium and sodium work together. Well, and so I don't have Himalayan salt, but I do use sea salt. That's better than straight up salt. I, I don't know how it compares to Himalayan salt, but I think they're both better than a regular what? salt. But what you, your goal, your goal is to have much. So like the Western diet is very high in sodium, generally speaking, and unfortunately very low in potassium. So it's not nece- it's not purely or it's not simply that we're eating too much salt although we are there's uh it it's that we're not also, also not getting enough potassium and so things that have a lot of potassium like you said are bananas your favorite potatoes sweet potatoes avocado you like that sweet yeah. potatoes have it yogurt spinach you mentioned spinach in your omelets You'd be yeah. load, load up on that. I'm not saying don't watch your salt intake. I'm saying there's it's there's it's always a little more complicated than we think it is. But you could up your uh, intake of of potassium. Eat some Brussels sprouts. They have a high in potassium. What? How? Eggplant, your favorite. Uh, how do they get salt from the Himalayas? Squeeze it. You just squeeze it. It's from the monks. I think. Himalayan sea oh. salt or something. I don't know. It's good salt, though. <laughs> you don't have to limit that. You're going to get as much of that as you want. You're saying it's from the shores of the great Himalayan sea? The Himalayan sea. The great sea of yeah. Himalaya? Yeah. The base of the mountain. <laughs> uh-huh. They mil- the, the monks the are monks, milking it. The monks milk the mountain. Mm-hmm. You scrape yeah. part of the mountain off where it meets the sea, uh-huh. and then they put it in a little jar, and we buy it. Just like our ancestors. Yeah. But apparently, the the Himalayan salt is is the good kind to use, if you can. So what you can do is you can get one of those little salt, um, I don't know what they call that. It's like a little, it's not a jar, but it's got a little wooden thing, and you slide the top over. So now when you're going to get salt, you just grab that salt, you're done. You need to worry about it and then eat bananas and you're fine. Hmm. I don't think, well, I don't want you worrying about salt. Plus, aren't you on like medications now for the high blood pressure? Yeah, but I did that thing that I did the last time. Every time I go in to, to the doctor and say that I have hypertension, it's because I get obsessed with going to the drugstore and taking my blood pressure on those little drugstore machines. Yeah. And you can get one at home, you know, well, I know I have one. Okay. 
Uh, and it always read like way up uh, off the scale in the red. And the machine is like, you know, it's the machine is like bouncing back and forth like R2-D2 when it gets agitated. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> and so I go to the doctor and I'm like this, whatever you were doing before isn't working. And I know that, you know, and I just don't want to die of a heart attack. And so then when they give me medication, I take them at their word <laughs> and I immediately stop checking my blood pressure. All right. And I even have a machine here at the house, but I, but I don't want it. I don't want to look at it. It's the Schrodinger's high blood pressure. If I don't open the box, I just assume that I don't have it anymore. Right. And probably I should be <laughs> testing it all the time. Um, and the, but the great, great, great fear I have is that I'm going to test my blood pressure taking this medication that I'm taking right. and I'm still going to have high blood pressure and I will have been, and I will have had, had it this whole time and have been taking this ineffective medication. Right. But I don't want, I so don't want that to happen that I just don't want to know about it. And, um, it's a kind of avoidance that I'm not proud of, but, but it's true. It's true of me. Yeah. So I, uh, I have no idea what my blood pressure, what my blood it might pressure be, it might have, is. It might be great. I hope it is. I bet it is. I bet it's amazing. I hope, I mean, I hope it is. Me too. You I, could, you could if you have one at home, just take it. Well, yeah. Are sure. you like me when you go to take it that it'll, 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 uh, if you take it once and you start worrying about it, it'll, you take it again, it'll go higher. Well, I don't see that's, that's the other thing is every time I would take my blood pressure and the machine would freak out, I would say, oh shit, I have high blood pressure. And then somebody invariably would say, oh, well, you're probably just stressed out. Um, you're probably just stressed out because you're having your blood pressure taken. Like the act of sitting and having it done is yeah. stressing you out. So maybe you should wait another five minutes. And I was like, this, this machine doesn't have a higher setting. It was freaking out. You think that I'm a normal person, but I get so anxious about this that I like that. I leap up into, you know, like all my, all my, uh, blood vessels constrict out of panic. That's possible. It's highly unlikely. So I would sit there for five minutes and like, like breathe through my eyelids and then take it again and I would and the th machine would get even angrier at me. Like maybe I would drop two points on either scale, but still be like way up in triple digits. So I had to just, conf I had to confirm and I would, you know, I'd talk to the doctor and they're like, well, you probably should exercise more and eat less salt, but also sometimes it's just luck of the draw. Some people just have hypertension and some people don't. Right. And, you know, I mean, I know people that have a resting heart rate of like 14. Yeah. Yeah. I know people like that too. I hate them. Yeah. And you're just like, wow, I guess amazing. Right. Like kumbaya. Um, but I should not, given the size that I am and my metabolism, I should not have a heart beating like a hummingbird. No, you don't want that. And I don't know why. I don't know why I should. I'm sure that my, my heart is as big as a pumpkin. Um, <laughs> I mean, you don't, well, you don't want an enlarged heart. 
Oh, that's okay. not a well, good then thing. I'm sure that my heart is the normal size or a regular, regular large size, not enlarged, but just large. There's no reason I would have a small heart. Mm, Think no. of me. I'm such a big hearted guy. Yeah, no. But I want it to be, you know, I want my heart to be healthy. My dad had a heart attack. My mother's brother died of a, of a catastrophic heart attack. Mm. He was on his, he was down in the Gulf Coast and there was a hurricane coming and he had sailboat moored somewhere and he went down to get the sailboat ready for the hurricane. The wind is whipping up and the sails are whipping and the waves are, are crashing against the boat and, uh, and he had like his catastrophic heart attack and died on his on his hurricane swept sailboat that sucks it does i mean it was you know it's pretty it's pretty glamorous i mean it's better than it's better than dying in your in your car yeah no offense to anybody that's had a loved one die in in their car yeah i had a friend die in his car last year but it was from drugs (laughs) 